Welcome back to True Crime Trine, the podcast where the planets align. I remember that part now. Yay. And three friends chat about true crime, astrology, and any other weird bullshit we can fit into this podcast. We are your hosts, Hannah, Sarah, and Meredith. Welcome to episode 27, Woo! which sounds like it's going to be a lot of weird bullshit. Yay! <laughs> 27 yes. was a weird year for me. <laughs> I don't remember 27. I don't I don't remember 27 either, to be honest. I barely remember 27, but I remember some weird stuff from it. I was probably solidly divorced. <laughs> Anywho. Any cleanup crew? Do we need to do any housekeeping? No. Okay. No. I was going to no. say yes, but that episode hasn't aired yet, so. All right, we'll sit uh, on it. Sit on it, listeners. It's about math. Oh, no. <laughs> well, Why? guarantee we did that wrong. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> All right. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it then. Yeah. All right. Then I think we're good to go. I got nothing. Okay. Literally nothing. I'm a blank space. All right, Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but that I meant, I have not a single thought in my head right now. I'm. That's a good starting point for a podcast. Yay! Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm ready. Brain cells are optional. God. <laughs> Brain cells are optional. That's great. VCAO. <laughs> <laughs> well, in order to keep this spooky train chug chug chugging along until our Halloween episode next week. Train sounds. You guys have interesting train sounds. <laughs> the last time I was on a train, it ran to a car on the track. We were stuck on the track for like two and a half hours. Oh no, that's and then awful. and then like the a day later, you get like an automatic thing from Amtrak. So I got an automatic email about how was your trip with Amtrak? And I was like, it was not awful. great. You're like zero out of five. You hit a car. Well, the car got hit by the train. Yeah. The train, it's like, not the train's The train fault. couldn't swerve out of the way. It kind of has a track no, that it has to No, and it was on. kind of a suicide attempt, it seemed like. Uh-oh. It didn't work, which was good because he also had his baby in the back. Oh, my God. Oh, Oh, my no. God. Okay, well, I'm going on just train okay. stories. This is the same. So the, it, the conductor brought us, just, like, showed off everyone in the train car the um twisted like fender of the car brought in for us all to look at okay which i thought was super fun and then since we were sitting there for so long not moving at all i had gotten a seat by myself headphones on i was actually reading jeffrey dahmer's confession (laughs) (laughs) on my kindle that's why you had a seat by yourself oh it was on your kindle never mind i was like they took one let they took one look at your book cover they're like not this seat yeah, keep no, moving. I don't need them to look over at me while I'm reading Jeffrey Dahmer's confession. Because yeah. it's like the, the scan pages from the police reports. Oh. And so we were there for a long time. The guy in front of me was getting pretty loose because I guess they serve booze on trains. Mm-hmm. And they don't cut you off. And so he got so loud, completely turned around in his chair, told me his whole fucking life story. He <laughs> just got out of jail. So he, oh. he just got out of his halfway house. He's on his way to Sacramento to fuck, basically. So he was talking about this girl in, like, detail. And I was like, there are children on this train, y'all. 
And I was like, I heard so much about this random girl's vagina. And I don't even know. We were on the track so long. I don't know if he actually ever got to hit that. Oh, well. <laughs> She's like, sorry, we're closed for business now. She was like, I went to bed, yo. Because we got in at like 2.30, 3 in the morning. Oh, jeez. Craziness. So the people you meet on the train. <laughs> Public transit. People you meet on a train was a book, right? About murder. The man on the, the man train? The man on the train? The man from the train? No. I'm talking about the one where it's like the two strangers meet on the train, right? And then they kill the person from... Have you guys not ever heard of this? I it have sounds no familiar, idea but I have a lot of weird dreams, so I'm not sure. Basically, it's like two people meet on a train. Because now I'm thinking of the Agatha Christie thing. No, it's not that one either, I don't think. Well, it might be. I read a lot of Agatha Christie, but it's been a while. But basically, like two strangers meet on a train... They both have, like, a problem person in their life, so they make oh, a Oh, and pack. then they switch! Because then, like, how will they trace it? Because it's not anybody related to, like, yeah, that they would know. Oh, yeah. smart. Yeah. Is it a book or a show? I think it's a book. I'm not 100%. I think it's literally just called Strangers on a Train. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> if it's a book, I'll put it on the website, because I'll I'll get it to the website, okay? Oh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I think it's just called Strangers on a Train. Okay. Um, I do remember seeing, like, some sort of movie remake or trailer about this. Yeah, I'm sure there's been other types of pop culture about it, but I just remember it from a book way back in the day. And I'm That's not really going to cool. date myself to say when back in the day. <laughs> just back in the day. And I'm old as fuck, yo. Okay? I mean, yo. I used to watch Bambi. That doesn't mean I was alive when it first came out. That's true. Very true. <laughs> wow. Today, I want to talk to you about urban legends. I'm so excited. I realize (laughs) I sing a lot more now that I've been doing this podcast. (laughs) Sing song tones. Sorry, everybody. (laughs) It's all right. I can edit some stuff out. We'll see. Cut that. Don't cut it. Cut it. (laughs) Don't cut it. My favorite bit. But for those of you who might be living under a rock, urban legends are lurid stories that are generally based on hearsay, but circulated as true stories, and they are often used to frighten young children, kind of like Sarah talked about in the last episode about the soul eaters. These stories can be quite terrifying. And if you've been under a rock, how did you find our podcast? Send us an email. Yes, we'd like to know. (laughs) So are you guys aware of any urban legends or do any urban legends pop into your mind? Spooky copypastas. I kind of get urban legends and like cryptids kind of interchanged all together. There can be urban legends about cryptids. When you said you're bringing urban legends and there might be a murder, I thought the Slenderman murder. Murder. This is kind of pre-Slenderman. Ooh, my favorite. I think this one is the one that prompted Slenderman. Ooh. If I remember reading it right. (gasps) Is this the Amityville Horror House? Mm -mm. Because that's a good murder too. Okay. I have no idea what it is then. (laughs) Well, we'll get to it. But for fun, I did read an interesting article that talked about some unique urban legends in each state. So I wanted to share the legend from the states that we're recording from. So for you girls, I have California's most popular urban legend. Any guesses? Um, ooh, wait. Ooh. I'm stumped. Oh, shoot. Well, it depends on where in California. Are reptilians urban legends? They could be. Well, for California, it's the Char Man. 
Not a oh, fucking clue. No, I've never heard of that. I don't really read that much copypasta, to be honest. I don't, The one yeah. thing I don't do on the internet. <laughs> As opposed to prison dating? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I mean, I had Those to... Those are fun. <laughs> I had to, like, prioritize my time. Yes, I hear that. Well, for the Charman, in 1948, there was a large brush fire in Ojai Valley. It destroyed many homes. And there was a father and son living in an isolated cabin south of town. The father was killed in the fire and the son was very, very badly burned. When people were out searching for survivors, they came across the remains of the cabin. And as the legend goes, the son went crazy after the fire and then hung his father's body (gasps) by the feet of a nearby tree and skinned it. (gasps) No, no. Why? I can't breathe. Because he, he went, went crazy. crazy. But, oh, God. But then he fled into the hills down off Old Creek Road to avoid being arrested by the police. He remains in the hills to this day and has been spotted wandering the woods around Ojai. And he has approached campsites pretending to be a hitchhiker and then attempts to assault whoever's at the campsite. No, thank you. I'm turning my scientist brain on. He had a lot of open wounds. I, I think he probably died from microbial infection. He didn't go to the hospital. <laughs> Burns are really bad. Burns are bad. I think they what are. is the what is the rule of threes, right? Like if you oh, get a right. third degree burn across a third of your body, you're done. Yeah, done. Basically, and, yeah. And there's like certain body parts that count more than others. Like if you get a third degree burn across your face, mm-hmm. like some that, body you parts definitely are more equal than extreme others. hospitalization for. Yeah, okay. I don't know the specifics, but it's like bad, bad. <laughs> It's so bad. That's why I like burn research. I just can't even, I can't stomach it at all. All right, Charman. Okay. Charmander. <laughs> Charman. Oh, God. <laughs> this is Charmander's origin story. No. Oh. Is that one of your lizards? No. Oh. No, it's a Pokemon. Oh, a Pokemon. I did not know that. It's one of like the OG. Yeah. So as for me, I am a native Washingtonian, and the Pacific Northwest is a beautiful and forested place. So I'm going to be totally disappointed if you can't guess what Washington's urban legend is. Bigfoot. I was going to say Bigfoot. Ding, 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 (laughs) ding, ding. Yay! (laughs) Man, I love Bigfoot. So Bigfoot, also more commonly referred to as Sasquatch here in the Pacific Northwest, is rumored to inhabit the forest of North America. And while Sasquatches have been spotted all over the country, Washington seems to be a hot spot for these sightings. Essentially, the Sasquatch is a giant ape-like creature. Some say Sasquatch are predators who attack unsuspecting victims like hikers and loggers in the woods. And others say that Sasquatch are docile creatures who do their best to avoid humans. If you haven't heard of a Sasquatch, then maybe you also live in the woods and avoid people, which would mean that (laughs) you might be a Sasquatch. Yeah. What's that, like, redneck comedian? You might be a Sasquatch if... Oh, God. Like, you might might be a redneck. redneck Yeah. (laughs) Jeff Foxworthy. Yeah. Jeff Foxworthy. But Sasquatch is an absolute icon in pop culture and cryptozoology. And I have heard many stories and theories about the elusive Sasquatch, especially given that I work with foresters who spend most of their lives either working or recreating in the woods. I have heard about Sasquatch nests that are hidden in the woods in Mason Mm -hmm. County. Nests? Nests. Yeah, like where they sleep. Mm Mm-hmm. They build communities and they nest. 
How very, pleasant. very interesting story. What kills me, though, is that in today's technology, no one can capture a decent fucking photo of our hairy friend. Someone has. I I really want to believe in this one. I do, I too. mean, okay, I would, I would put it this way. How many times have there been, like, bear encounters in the woods and nobody's fast enough to get their phone out of their backpack or whatever to be able to document it before it goes yeah, away? Yeah, it's a scramble. Right? True. Like, so I feel like... If you're out there and you're taking a hike and you see something and it happens to be something, not that I'm like saying I'm a believer or anything, but I'm a believer, <laughs> but that like you might just not have the quickness to be able to actually document it. True. It also sounds like he will bounce pretty quickly once he's like, oh, fuck people. And he's like, yeah. bye-bye. You guys are weird. You have no hair. <laughs> yeah. These <laughs> naked, random humanoids running around. We Gross. would look like a naked mole rat in comparison. Oh my god, we totally would. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> oh god. One of my favorite theories, and this is like hands down my favorite, is the theory of Sasquatch cremation. And this was what? shared with me from one of my wildland firefighters. So as the theory goes, Sasquatches have the intelligence of a human being. And when one of their own dies... The remains are preserved until atmospheric conditions for a thunder lightning storm are right. And then they celebrate the life of their fallen with a Sasquatch cremation, which is why no one has ever discovered Sasquatch remains. Dead body. Is it plausible? Yes. (laughs) According to this wildland firefighter who has been to thousands of lightning caused wildland fires, it just might be. Thank you. (laughs) Sometimes when they are out at the origin of the fire, a strike tree is never found. Oh, oh shit. So, um, wait, I'm going to, are Bigfoot, Big Feet, Bigfooters burning down our state? <laughs> the theory is that. Bigfooters. I don't know. I love during it. During a lightning strike event, the Sasquatch would take that as an opportunity mm. To then cremate their fallen Sasquatch, you can determine where the origin is at and then how the fire spreads, right? And then so if you investigate the origin, when lightning strikes, there's generally a strike tree because it's got to ground to something before Mm -hmm. it ignites. So in this theory, right, it's the cremation of the Sasquatch that has then started the wildland fire. I'm down. It's a so good are you theory. saying that the, that the Sasquatch, the preserved Sasquatch body, is the strike? Uh huh. Oh shit! So they're like erecting their preserved bodies with like maybe little metal antenna to cause the <laughs> strike. There could Fuck. be. <laughs> That's cool. And the fire was gonna happen anyway, so I'm fine with this. Now. You know, I think that would be how like that would be a really cool way to go out in a cloud of ashes. Be like, please get lightning to strike my body. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll I'll try. <laughs> Thanks. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'll try. <laughs> if that's put, what like, you want. Put a tubby metal wire on top of I'm just going to put you at the top of one of those like fire watchtowers in the mm-hmm. mountains. And you'll cool. either decompose to dust inside or you'll get struck by lightning. Is that good? Sure. Sounds good. Perfect. Tell Kirk I'm taking care of your body. All right. <laughs> Not his. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> I was like, damn, all right. Moving on. And another theory that I've heard, I actually watched a documentary that talked about how Sasquatches 
evolved from Siberian yetis that made their way to the Pacific Northwest after crossing the Bering Strait. <gasps> the land bridge! Yeah. I love this. So, listeners, do you believe in the legend of Bigfoot? Let me ask Sarah this question as well. If they did evolve from Yeti and then cross the land bridge and have evolved separately for such a long time, do you think a Yeti and a Sasquatch could mate? It's a question I never thought I'd ask. <laughs> I feel like probably, but I'm having more problems with the hypomelanization and getting melan- melanin back. Well, I think it might. Mm. Because they have like polar bear like white fur on a Yeti. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, I mean, not albi- albinism, but it's like hypomelanization, right? You don't see polar bears walking around with brown fur. Not even as we're warming up, but. Hmm. So I'm wondering how they get that gene expression back for dark fur. I'm thinking like they may have descended from a similar ancestor and maybe ancient Siberian Yeti or uh-huh. Bigfoot, <laughs> whatever the predecessor, common ancestor what was. What is the common ancestor of Yeti and Bigfoot? Right? I think it would have to be melanized because otherwise like, yeah, you can lose pigment, lose. but you can't really gain it back again. This got really technical, but mm-hmm. this is very interesting. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe you can gain it back. I'm not an expert in this. So if you are like a primate genetics expert (laughs) expert on melanization, definitely write us and correct me. I'm welcoming the correction here. But like, I think that's that's the part that's sticking in my brain more. Just let me know if Sasquatch, (laughs) Bigfoot, and Yeti can fuck. Okay. Oh my god. But they I can fuck. I bet there's fan fiction. I don't know if they can procreate. I don't know if they can procreate. It's like making can they a donkey. produce viable offspring? <laughs> yeah, they might, they might just produce a, don- a donkey. <laughs> It's not a donkey. What is, what is the It's thing a that... mule. Oh, right, right, right. A donkey right, right. and a horse creates a mule, and the mules are sterile. <laughs> Who decided to put a mule and a, a donkey together? No, a donkey and a horse together. Well, you can't uh, pick who you love. <laughs> Oh, I guess I was being very close-minded. I will also say, anytime that you do animal hybrids like that, they end up much, much larger. So I would be absolutely fucking terrified of the combination cross between a Yeti and a Sasquatch. They would be like 12 feet tall. (laughs) We might be able to see them. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a little bit harder to hide. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my god, my microphone is a Yeti, I just remembered. Oh yeah. Mine is a blue Yeti, actually. Mine is not. Um, but I do have a battery charger for <gasps> camping hiking that's called a Sasquatch. Oh, nice. Oh, my God. I'm going to post this on the website, but they're def- there's on fanfiction.com. Oh, Bigfoot no. on the Yeti. It's rated T for teen? No. T for terrible? <laughs> I've seen several documentaries on it, too. I don't know, but like I am excited about this. Anyway. <laughs> Moving on to the story that I have for you. <gasps> Sorry, I just saw Bigfoot smut. Oh, no. Anyway, oh, I'm going to close my internet browser. <laughs> I'm out. Once again, Hannah's I'm, I'm uh, out. monitor person for the government is like, what is she doing now? <laughs> it's going to like combine with all that werewolf smut that I'm getting on Facebook. <laughs> and inorganic women. Mm-hmm. What are they called? Oh my God, I know. Weird, weird porn is coming up. <laughs> Well, all right. the story that I have for you today takes a sinister turn as the urban legend seemingly came to life to terrorize young children. Not the youth. I know. And I <laughs> know I said yourselves. that I would not do another case involving children, but here we are. <laughs> and this is spooky season. And this story is definitely going to send chills down your spine. Yes. So... Let's take a minute to talk about the boogeyman. Oh, fuck. Oh, just in general. Okay. Nope. I'm going to get more specific. Okay. 
This is the story of Cropsey. <gasps> oh, Cropsey! Oh, shit. The boogeyman located on Staten Island in New York. I don't know anything about him. I'm so excited. I just gendered him. Might be. It might be a woman. I don't know. Might be nothing. Anyway. Would it be a boogie woman? It could be. Boogie person. A boogie they. A boogie oh. they. <laughs> that sounds really fun, actually. <laughs> I like a boogie they. That sounds, yeah. And as a side note, I have been to New York a few times, and I have been to Staten Island, but never actually set foot on Staten Island. Why, you may ask, is because I did not disembark the Staten Island Ferry, because I didn't need to. I was just Uh trying to get a picture of the Statue of Liberty without dealing with the hassle or the other tourists on the Ellis Island Ferry. Big brain thoughts there. Smart. It's not because you were afraid of Cropsey. Nope. I didn't even know about Cropsey, honestly. Uh, I was looking for spooky stuff and I came across quite a few topics, but this one, this one just caught my eye, right? Yes. So as legend has it, Cropsey was a homicidal maniac that escaped from a mental hospital. He had a hook for a hand and he would hunt young children who were wandering alone at night and drag them back to the tunnel system underneath the ruins of the abandoned Seaview Hospital. I love a tunnel system. The Seaview Hospital dates back to the 1920s, and it was a tuberculosis hospital that treated thousands of patients. After the last patient was discharged in the 1950s, it was abandoned. And I will just say that this hospital puts the creep and creepy for sure. And I've got some pictures and we can get those up on, on social media and on the website as well. Do they have those like garbage shoots and stuff that like... I'm sure they did. Like in every room there's just like, oh, I'm just going to throw down this garbage chute and they like all the rooms connect through the walls like that. Maybe. Oh, I hate those things. And I've watched enough Law and & Order and <laughs> um, what's the other one I love? That one. Uh, Criminal Minds. Criminal Minds to know that you just don't. Don't go into an abandoned mental hospital. No. It might not be haunted, but there's going to be some weirdo living in there. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And parents were known to tell Cropsey stories to their young children. What year was this? Damn, parents, you're just going for it. Damn. In the 60s. All right. It may have started earlier, though. It didn't really say. So parents were known to tell Cropsey stories to their young children to frighten them into behaving and staying close to home and not to miss curfew. So after all, Cropsey could be lurking anywhere. Uh, Is Cropsey real? His hook hand. Yes. Let me introduce you to Andre Rand. Oh, uh I'm ready. Okay. Sorry, I keep interrupting. (laughs) It's okay. I had to teach this morning, and so I had to be on. I feel like I'm still on a little bit. Andre Rand was born Frank Russian. It didn't really say why he changed his name to Andre Rand, but that's what it is. Rand was born in Manhattan, New York on March 11th of 1944. So he is our first Pisces. Hi, Sarah. Oh, shit. Hello. (laughs) When we hit, we're bad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There isn't much detail about Rand's early life. He does have an estranged younger sister. His father passed away when he was 14 years old, and his mother was, after the death of his father, was institutionalized at Pilgrim Psychiatric Center in Brentwood, New York. All right. Damn. Rand served in the Army in the 1960s, and then in 1966, and there are some discrepancies for this time frame. In some places, it says 66 to 68, and others, it's 
1965 to 66, but we'll just go with the majority and we'll say in 1966. Rand started working. Uh, I don't know. I feel like, yeah. I mean, it was like, it was definitely the 60s. Yeah. I feel like my high school education never got past uh, (laughs) 1910, basically. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, continue. So, Brand started working as an orderly for the Willowbrook State School. And don't be confused by the name. This definitely was not a school. It was a state-funded mm. institution for children with disabilities. Mm. Probably wasn't great. Mm-mm. One article referred to it as a warehouse for the disabled. Mm-mm. Oh. And Senator Robert F. Kennedy called it the snake pit. <gasps> Why? No. Conditions at the school were so dismal, and it was built to house around 4,000 children, but by 1965, it had a population of over 6,000, and so it was just dirty and gross, understaffed. They probably still would have been understaffed even at four. Yeah, true. Yeah, and they never build them big enough. And the Kennedys had a reason to care about the mentally ill, because yeah. JFK's sister's botched lobotomy. Well, actually, it worked very well, lobotomy, but... Yeah. It did what it was supposed to? It did, unfortunately. So there were also rumors of abusive patients and then questionable medical practices on patients. So basically, hell on earth. Yeah. In 1972, Geraldo Rivera, which I don't know if you guys are old enough, I am, but I didn't know he was that far back. Right? Oh, my God. He did an expose on the conditions of Willowbrook. And because of that, the public was outraged. And it ended up leading to the closure of the school in 1987. So good job, Geraldo. Damn. He used to have a talk show. I don't know if I anyone remembers. I didn't ever see that. But... but, like, for decades, these sad, poor souls went unadvocated for. Exactly. What a monstrous place. Mm-hmm. I would say for eons, Yeah. to be honest. Well, yeah. But I mean, at this location specifically. I think at so many locations, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. In 1968, Rand left his job at Willowbrook. There was no real explanation for the separation. And while he left Willowbrook professionally, he ended up staying on the grounds in a makeshift campsite. Uh, Okay. And it was stated in an article that there were a number of transients that resided on the 375-acre campus of Willowbrook. Okay. No one's paying any attention to anything. So I'm going to talk a little bit about Andre's known crimes for a minute. May 25th of 1969, Rand lured a nine-year-old Bronx girl into his car. No. Thankfully, police officers on patrol in the area suspotted a suspicious vehicle in a vacant lot, and Rand was charged with the attempted rape of the nine-year-old and was sentenced to four years, but he only served 16 months. Okay, attempted rape of a tiny child, and it's four years? Mm Mm-hmm. I honestly was about to give them props for giving him anything because we've anything. had all yes. of these stories about nothing happening. But Well, and from episode three with nah. Wesley Allen Dodd, yeah. he got his yeah. hand slapped a lot, right? A and lot. Then... But that doesn't stop. Mm. No. Great. Then in 1979, Rand was accused of two rapes, but the victims declined to file reports, so no charges were ever filed. Fuck. 
1981, Rand attempted to lure another nine-year-old girl into his car, but was unsuccessful because she was a smart kid. Stranger danger. Good Mm -hmm. job. But he followed her home. No. No. She ended up hiding in some bushes and kind of waited for him to actually leave. So she didn't like take him back to her house, right? She was smart enough to kind of avoid him. But no charges were filed in that incident either. I mean, extremely smart girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very smart. So definitely talk to your kids about I mean, creeps. it's not like she knew his name or something, though, so maybe they couldn't track him down for that. It's possible, yeah. Ugh. But still, I mean, how scary. Oh, my God. Terrifying. And in a weird turn of events, and this one was super weird, in January of 1983, Rand lured 11 children. 11. Huh. What, like a school bus full? Like the fucking Pied Piper? Well, I'll get to that. Oh, <laughs> From the Staten Island YMCA, he drove them to Elizabeth, New Jersey, and bought them White Castle hamburgers. Afterwards, he drove the children to Newark International Airport, and then five hours later, he returned the children to the YMCA. There was no incident of abuse or mistreatment of the children. So we're just going to go on a field trip, guys. What did they do at the airport for five hours? They watched planes take off and land. Okay, that's actually kind of fun, but... When you see the photo of this guy, you won't think it's so fun, because he... If you looked up Creeper... That would be the picture of him. He's the dictionary definition. Yeah, no, I don't want to do it with him. Yeah. He got 11. That's so 11 children. He was arrested and charged with unlawful imprisonment of the children, but he only served 10 weeks. Months. Okay. No. Yeah, I was trying to make it better when you answered. I had, I have a note in here and I was like, my brain was not computing my note. Uh, with it but so he served 10 months but it would actually have needed to be eight months for him to be out of jail by august of that year so we'll get to that in a little bit math much like wesley allen dodd it seems like justice was not served in a lot of these cases so you guys might be wondering what does andre rand have to do with the legend of cropsy i am well, this urban legend went from bad to worse when children started going missing from Staten Island. Mm. Yikes. Interestingly enough, Rand was also known as the Pied Piper of Staten Island. Oh, uh, there you go. Nailed it. But mm-hmm. in like a terrible way. I feel bad about it. I mean, for knowing things. <laughs> yeah, for being smart. <laughs> I do feel bad about being smart. I fucking hate myself. She's incredibly well read. She is very well read. So the story of the Pied Piper is based on German folklore of the Pied Piper of Hamelin. And this legend dates back to the Middle Ages and recounts the tale of a rat catcher who was hired by the town to lure the rats away with his magical pipe. But then when the town failed to pay him for his services, he then lured all the town's children away. Well, they should have paid him. They should have paid him. And of course, this is a German story. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, between 1972 and 1987, five children from Staten Island went missing. Ooh. July 7th of 1972, five-year-old... Oh, they're getting younger. Mm-hmm. Oh. 
Alice Pereira disappeared while playing in the lobby of a building with her brother. Her brother told police that he had only looked away for a minute and then she was just gone. Yikes. Oh my god. Rand was already on the police's radar after the 1969 luring attempt. Police questioned Rand, but no charges were ever filed due to the lack of evidence. Alice has never been found and her oh. case has remained unsolved for 49 years. Mm. The next two are not among the list of children as they're older, but it is speculated that Ram may have been involved. On July 5th of 1977, 19-year-old Audrey Nirenberg was last seen leaving her home at 2 p.m. Rand has not been formally linked to Audrey's disappearance. Audrey had been hospitalized several times at multiple New York facilities due to schizophrenia. So her family thought, you know, maybe she just took off. Yeah. And just kept going. And Audrey didn't live on Staten Island. But the day before she went missing, on July 4th, Audrey and her family had visited Staten Island to watch a movie. And the theater was in close proximity to one of Rand's known campsites. Oh. Mm. Saw her followed. Mm-hmm. Hunted. Okay. I'll say it's smidge weak, though, because she's so much older. It is. And yeah. the next... The next one too, but still. And I forgot he was just camping this whole time. And he did, he camped around the property too. So it's not like he just had like one campsite. He just kind of was transient all over Staten Island, but he seemed to stay closer to Willowbrook. And then October 24th of 1978, a 42-year-old woman named Ethel Atwell went missing from the parking lot of Willowbrook which had been renamed at that time to the Staten Island Developmental Center. She worked as a physical therapist there, and Rand had not has not been formally linked to Ethel's disappearance, but again, it's proximity, right? So... I mean, honestly, the proximity on this one sounds even closer mm-hmm. to me if he was camping around there. Maybe she, like, saw him and was like, get the fuck out or something. Maybe there was, a, like, an altercation or something. There was an altercation Ooh. because she had pulled into the parking lot and parked her car and got out. And then some of the other workers at the hospital who had already like entered the building, they heard a confrontation, but they just kind of kept going and didn't think nothing of it until she didn't show up for work. And then they look out in the parking lot and her car is there. Ooh, yeah, that's creepy. It is. Then on July 15th of 1981, seven-year-old Holly Ann Hughes did not return home after going to the store to get a bar of soap at around 9.30 p.m. Emergency soap. I was going to say a pack of cigarettes, but a soap is better. If only she stuck it in a sock and used it as a weapon. I know. Yeah, how emergency can this be? So basically the story goes is that she she needed to take a bath and they were out of soap and her mom asked her to, to like run around the corner, right? Yeah, it's close. Mm. She's not like walking miles and miles and miles. She's just going to like kind of that corner store yeah. to get the soap for her bath. Now, what is unclear in this case is when Rand was questioned about it. So several eyewitnesses reported seeing Holly with Rand. And like I said, when you look, when you see his picture, he's very recognizable. But yeah. it didn't say striking features and not in a good way, like bad, bad features. <laughs> striking, like striking you across the face with those features. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. they hurt. But 
It didn't say when these witnesses were questioned or why Rand was not charged at the time. Holly has never been found. And this is around the same time as that luring it, that second luring attempt on mm-hmm. the nine-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. On August 14th of 1983, 11-year-old Thais Jackson was last seen leaving the Mariner's Harbor Hotel on Staten Island where she lived with her mother and three siblings. Thais's mother was sleeping at the time and a neighbor at the motel had asked Thais to go around the corner to grab some food at around 1.30 p.m. When Thais's mother woke up at 4.30 in the afternoon, she discovered that Thais had never returned. She did call police immediately to report her daughter missing. Thais's mother had seen a man matching Rand's description, like kind of loitering around the motel for a few days. Mm-hmm. Rand had just been released. Oh, God. Because of that bus unlawful mm. imprisonment deal 12 days <gasps> prior to Thais's disappearance. He Jeez. was also known to be staying just a half mile from the motel in a campsite in the Baron Hirsch Cemetery. Both locations mm. were only two miles from Willowbrook. Wow. Rand remains the prime suspect in this case, but he has not been formally charged. Thais has never been found, and her case is still open after 38 years. I do have to comment on the neighbor never saying a a word. (laughs) Yeah, and then why couldn't you go get your own food? Yeah, for real. That too. But I don't know, maybe it was like an elderly neighbor that couldn't get around very well, so... And again, this, this is a different era. Right. Kids were allowed to go out and kind of roam and stuff like that. Not, I mean, not like today. They could, you could send your kid down to the, I don't know, like not maybe at the right decade. Maybe it was. You could send your kid down to the corner store with a note and they could pick up cigarettes for you. Exactly. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> I remember when I was still too little to be wandering, but my brother is seven years older than me and we had just this wicked snowstorm up here and we don't get them that often but when we do they're really really bad so there was like I don't know like three four five feet of snow and we were kind of shuttered for about a week or so and the temperatures were really low and my brother was I think he was 14 at the time but um my mom was like hey can you walk the three miles up to the 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 video store and get us some more videos for the week and my brother was like heck yeah I can yeah, they're going crazy in there. They need something to distract them. Right. Yeah. But again, in today's time, would you send a 14-year-old kid three miles on foot in a snowstorm? Probably not, right? No. Oh, I'm I'm considering it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, She's folks. not very tied to these children. I have my tubes tied, so <laughs> my imaginary child is safe. <laughs> We have two at your house. They're just fluffy. They ain't come safe. They are both missing a leg. But oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't send Morris out for three miles in a, in a snowstorm to get me some videos. There you go. He's a sweet boy. You don't even have to do that now with streaming services. I know. But... Thank God. <laughs> and then June 9th of 1984, 22-year-old Henry Hank. Oh, I knew I was going to mess up his name. Henry Hank 
Oh, fuck. I, I practiced it, too. I'm so excited to know what this name is. Gaffario. Henry Hank Gaffario. He was a mentally disabled young man with an IQ of a 70 and the mental emotional level of about a 15-year-old. But mm-hmm. he went out drinking because he's 22. Oh, I guess he can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he had stopped at a bar called Mugs Away, but was declined service. And then he went to a spot called the Spa Lounge, and he stayed until closing. Hank was last seen at 4 a.m., and witnesses reported seeing Hank with Rand at a local diner in the early morning hours. Rand was never charged in Hank's disappearance, but notably, Hank lived with his parents and three brothers on the same block as Rand, which was also just around the corner from Holly Hughes's home. Hmm. Hank has been missing for 37 years and his case remains open. Damn, they're piling up. On July 9th of 1987, 12-year-old Jennifer Schwager Schwager? Schwager. Jennifer Fuck. (laughs) Drink the beer and try again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Loosen it up a little bit. July 9th of 1987, 12-year-old Jennifer Schweiger, born with Down syndrome, was reported missing. Mm. Witnesses reported seeing Jennifer walking with a homeless man who was later identified as Rand. Police, firefighters, and local volunteers searched for Jennifer. Rand was arrested on August 8th of 1987 and charged with kidnapping and then held without bail pending a psychiatric evaluation. The search for Jennifer continued for another eight days before they located her nude body in a shallow grave no on the now deserted grounds of willowbrook the grave was located in close proximity to rand's campsite murder in the first degree was added to rand's list of charges well finally yeah Rand was tried with kidnapping and first-degree murder in 1988. The jury could not reach a verdict on the murder charge, though. Sack. They did convict him of the first-degree kidnapping, and he was sentenced to 25 years to life. That's better than, what was it, four years yeah. for the first mm-hmm. one? For yeah. the attempted rape of a nine-year-old? Yeah. And then while he was serving his sentence for Jennifer's kidnapping, in 2004, Rand was charged and convicted of the first-degree kidnapping of Holly Hughes. He was then sentenced to 25 years. All right. Um, He's not getting out, at least. Consecutive. Good. So Rand is currently serving these two consecutive sentences at Sing Sing Correctional Facility. He will be eligible for parole in 2036 when he is 93 years old. Rand has not formally admitted to any of these crimes, nor has he provided any information on the whereabouts of any of the missing children. But it is said that he talked to his cellmate about Holly's case, and that's why they were able to pull witnesses again and be able to take him to trial in in Holly's case. Yeah, but I feel like those testimonies are kind of... Biased at that point, or... I was going to say, like, those testimonies of like fellow inmates mm-hmm. are they're so kinky to me because it's like they could be getting something out of it too if they say something and then you know yeah with all the children though it's interesting that he picked you know that person picked up on holly's case specifically so and i don't mm-hmm. know if that played a part into it but yeah both of the families really felt like there was an injustice because they couldn't get the murder charges to stick but they mm-hmm. were I, I don't want to say they were satisfied they were definitely not satisfied but they were glad that he was off the street 
and Mm -hmm. not able to harm anyone else. For sure. In May of 2011, Rand sent out some really fucking creepy letters to the press. Oh, no. I'm going to read part of this now. Okay. And this... Is so, it's just fucking bizarre. And it also reminds me of Wesley and Dodd because he wrote that pamphlet. Oh, no. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh. This was intended as a Mother's Day gift. <gasps> no, no. To just mm-hmm. the mothers of the world? To Staten Island. So, okay. here we go. This is Ugh. a little long, but here we go. Happy Mother's Day to all the ladies on Staten Island who supported prosecutorial vindictiveness against an innocent person. Woof. Should I become a millionaire, it would be my true nature to grant all of you with each an envelope full of seeds to plant and cultivate a rose bush that produces roses every season as a token of my heartfelt forgiveness rather than bouquets of rose buds which blossom and then shortly dies out. How thoughtful. (laughs) Yeah. It is only a tiny rosebud, a flower of God's design, but I cannot unfold the petals with these clumsy hands of mine. Poems. The secret of unfolding flowers is not known to such as I. The flower, only the spirit of God opens, in my hand would fade and die. If I cannot unfold a rosebud, flowers of God's creation, then how can I think I have the wisdom to unfold this life of mine? For the pathway that lies before me, my heavenly father knows. I'll trust him in faith to unfold the future like he unfolds the rose. I do not want flowers. I mean, my mind instantly to goes to a, Shakespeare. Oh, mine just goes to a terrible metaphor. Uh, yeah, I mean, the metaphor being like a rosebud is, well... Is a child. Well, yeah, the, a mm-hmm. child, but like also deflowering somebody yeah. or unfolding the flower. Yeah. And so if you're unfolding a fucking rosebud, mm-hmm. oh, God. Sir. This man is... Oh, so... This is demented. Fucking ick. And yeah, that's so that gross. shit. Yeah, no. it's bad. Mm. So, pop culture, anyone? Mm. Yay! Pop culture. <laughs> so, I'm actually going to go most current and then to the older one. But in 2009, a documentary film called Cropsy was written and directed by Joshua Zeman and Barbara Branchio. And I'm probably not saying that correctly. <laughs> but the film examines the urban myth of Cropsy, and then it transitions into the story of Andre Rand. And someday I will watch it. Someday. <laughs> oh my God. After I read the Yoga Store Murder book. We got things to do, folks. <laughs> Someday I will watch this one. The other one is a 1981 slasher film called The Burning, which actually had some names that I recognized, weirdly enough, like Jason Alexander, Brian Becker, mm -hmm, Fisher Stevens, Lou David, and Holly Hunter. What? It is based upon the legend of Cropsy, but it is about a caretaker who was horribly burnt from a prank that had gone wrong and then seeks vengeance against kids at a summer camp. Oh, no. I will not be watching this one. Nah. Although, is Jason Alexander... Wait, so who does Costanza play? Yeah. Is he the guy that got burnt? No, Lou Lou David is the, he's the one who plays Cropsy, basically. And Jason Alexander is just one of the. Maybe he's a kid. Yeah, back in the 70s. Baby Costanza. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe he's a counselor. (laughs) 
he could be, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, slasher films are not really, really my thing, but. I just started watching Seinfeld again. It's so funny. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, if Jason Alexander was the protagonist of this movie, I might actually watch it, because that sounds hilarious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, uh, pass. Mm Mm-hmm. Me too. So, ladies, Mm -hmm. is Cropsy real? Yes. I'm going to say yes. Yeah. It's it's realistic. Mm-hmm. It's a little gross to is. use it as a scare tactic instead of just talking yeah, about like up. stranger danger or something. Mm-hmm. And I will add that Andre Rand did not have a hook for a hand, just to clarify. Oh, fuck, I forgot about that. Yeah. If anyone was wondering, he, he did not. But He had both hands. Yeah. Look at his picture, though. Like, this <laughs> dude is a fucking creep. So for astrological overview, like I said, he was born March 11th of 1944. He is a Pisces. Huh. And I do have a natal chart for him. Oh. Because I was able to get his birth date and location. So I do have that he is a Pisces sun, a Libra moon. He's a Pisces Mercury. That's why. Libra. Libra moon. He's a Gemini Mars and a. Oh, shit. Virgo Lilith. Oh, God. He's got everything. Oh, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I really didn't want to give him any more time than I already have because he's such a fucking creep. So instead of astrologically bashing him, I thought I would end on a happy note and share with you some of the wonderful and positive traits that our resident Pisces, Sarah, <laughs> has. Ah, So... Creativity. Definitely. I haven't been doing much of that lately. I feel bad. <laughs> You'll get to it when you get in yeah. that in that space. But Pisces yeah. are known as the most artistic of all of the zodiac signs, and they do frequently express their creativity in everyday life. They have strong imaginations, and their reputation as dreamers can help them <laughs> pursue hobbies in art and music and writing and they aren't bound by logic as many of the other signs so their openness to (laughs) ideas does allow them to explore creative avenues that some others astrology I mean I do like evidence based reasoning though but over here is super to astrology but um yeah (laughs) but Sarah has created all of the artwork for TCT so we can definitely vouch that she is creative oh for fucking sure when we first started this and (laughs) Hannah and I were talking about artwork I was (laughs) like please Shot not me. (laughs) We both did not it. Nose goes, but like. (laughs) And then uh, Sarah created our logo. She's created. So good. Our uh, California drawing, which is super, super amazing. So check those out on the website. More to come soon. Mm -hmm. Soon. (laughs) When you have time. We're all about when you have time. (laughs) Soon may vary. It's fine. No pressure. Pisces are also empathetic, so if you need a shoulder to cry on or a listening ear, and Sarah listens to (laughs) me once a week and Hannah (laughs) a lot more than once a week. Hannah, drunk Hannah. She's definitely (laughs) going to deal with a lot of drunk Hannah. Back when Hannah could still cry. But there is no one better 
than a Pisces for that empathetic ear. And they really are in tune with the emotions of others. So if they see someone crying, they will immediately want to know what they can do to help and they may even cry along with you. Oh, for sure. I'm a fixer. <laughs> I, like, I like to be like, what can I do? What do we need to do? Who's asked ready to kick? Yeah. Which is hard to ask an earth sign because I'll be like, I'll figure it out myself. I'm just don't know what this wetness is and I'm just crying. I don't know. What <laughs> Why to do. is my face wet? I hate yeah. this. Why is it leaking? I don't need any help though. <laughs> I can do it on my own. And Pisces are also generous. So they are known for putting others' needs before their own. And it is important to them that the people that they care about are happy. So they mm-hmm. will go out of their way to do something kind for you or to help you with a problem, even if it sometimes comes at an expense to them. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I spread myself too thin a lot. Actually, I've stopped doing that as much. Thank you, COVID. But um, <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, I was like the lab baker, and a lot of times I'd be up until like midnight the night before the like person's birthday in the lab, just making them a dessert so that they could feel special. Aww. Now, that happened for Scott's birthday just a couple of days ago. I know we haven't <laughs> had an actual party in a while, but you yeah. did make some um, little mini cheesecakes. Caramel apple cheesecakes. Yeah. Oh, nummy. This is yeah. why we, that's why you're the baker. <laughs> yeah. That's my other outlet for creativity is in the kitchen heck yeah but that is what i have for you this week cool thank you yeah i do not kidnap children i don't think <laughs> <kidnap> <laughs> you're like very careful or the pisces will get you you're very neutral <laughs> towards children <laughs> no sarah does not kidnap children <laughs> All right, that was that was awesome, spooky, um, creepy. I think that goes really well, yeah, on the the creepy train. Yeah. Do you have any other fun astrological stuff for us? I do. So on October twentieth, we're getting another full moon. Woo! Ow! Ow! This full moon lands in the sign of Aries, and so Aries being the first sign in the zodiac cycle means that it's going to have the energy of initiation, like a seed pushing up from the earth. It's like the like a rose bush. Oh God, no! no. (laughs) Let's not tie it back to that. Don't mail seeds. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. So this full moon's power is a good time to consider how we're like honoring ourselves in the context of our close relationships, whether it's romantic or not. New ideas can spring forth, and this can particularly be regarding our physical bodies, leadership skills, drive or initiation in new projects, and we can even draw in some needed closeness to our partnerships. Oh, that's good. sweet. Yeah. So this full moon is also a good time to recognize the balance between our personal needs and attending to the needs of a significant other or close friend, though. So you might want to use this Aries energy during the full moon on the 20th to figure out where you stand um, along the lines of independence and autonomy or independence and companionship. Okay. And then three days later, on October 23rd, it's Scorpio season. Yay! Oh my god, it's my <laughs> favorite season. So, yeah, intensity all around. Oh, Just in time for Halloween. It's going to be Yay. crazy, guys. Feel mm-hmm. it all. <laughs> uh, yeah. I do have one more. So, Friday on October 22nd, Mars in Libra will be square. Dun, dun, dun. Ooh. With Pluto and Capricorn. And this is a very intense aspect. And this might be a good day for you to avoid people. Otherwise, it could lead to fisticuffs. Take a bubble bath. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pet, pet your cat. Pet your pet. Mm-hmm. Do some self-care. Don't go out. Just stay home. 
It's safer. Yeah. It might be a very aggressive day, so. Ha <laughs> ha. Ooh. You said that's a Friday, too? Damn. It is. Yeah. Uh, Rough. It's also Pi's right. picture day. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> She's going to get in fisticuffs with the picture man. It'll like a black woman. eye because she got in a fight. <laughs> I hope not. So last year on her picture day, I had her hair hair done and she doesn't she's a tomboy, so she she doesn't like any of that stuff. She's also a Pisces. Oh so. yeah, yeah. Cannot confine Mm-mm. Nope. She, Don't put me in a boundary. Yeah, nope. you can't put her in a box. <laughs> Occasionally she will allow me to put a bow in her hair. <laughs> <laughs> And so I like, I did up her hair and she's got like super curly hair. So I did up Uh her hair and it was just gorgeous. And she's still wearing like a t-shirt and jeans. (laughs) But so we go to get pictures taken and and she's got this amazing smile, just like her dad. Like it's, it's huge. It's, it's beautiful. Just amazing smile. However, (laughs) she's standing there. And I kind of had like her hair forward and she flips her hair behind her because she wants it away from her. Uh And then the lady goes smile and she does her not beautiful smile. And I was like, and I'm like, I'm on the sidelines, right? So I'm like snapping. And I was like, no, you're, you're real smile. You're a good one. And then she laughs and then we get that real smile. But the lady had already taken the picture. Oh no. And of course they're not going to retake it. No. So we didn't know what we were going to get if, if she had captured the, you know, kind her fake smile or her actual natural smile and then a couple weeks later when her pictures came in we went and picked them up and then we get to the car and I she's in the back right and I'm in the front and I I pull out the first sheet and she goes ha sorry mom (laughs) (laughs) and she's just like in the picture (laughs) oh Oh my god I feel like, why don't they, I mean, it's the digital era. Why don't they just show you the proofs and then you can order them if you like them? Like, how many times have people been like, I wasted money on this because it's never going to get sent out to family members. It's never going to go up on the fridge. Oh, no. We put them everywhere and everyone Oh, you did? Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. (laughs) That's her persona. Yeah, everyone you knows got that it. that's her fake smile. Okay, that's perfect then. Sorry, mom. <laughs> <laughs> We're weird with pictures, but when I was, I think I was in second grade and I had found this atrocious pearl necklace at a garage sale and I loved it. It was my favorite thing ever. <laughs> of course. Oh my gosh. And my mom had bought me this cute like plaid jumper with the like uh, ruffly collar and everything. Oh, yeah. And I come out of my room and I've got my necklace on. And my mom's like, no, uh-uh. <laughs> Go put that necklace. You're not Not that garbage. That for pictures. And I was like, oh, okay. So I like went back in my room and I took my necklace off and I stuck it in my pocket and we went to school. <gasps> And And right before pictures, Ah. I put it on, not thinking, right? I'm getting my picture taken, so my mom's (laughs) going to know. Obviously. It's Pearl, though. It is. And so I will say that when we got the pictures, my (laughs) mom was pissed. So mad. I love this. But today, they're like, it's one of her favorite pictures of me. Is It's that. Because, like, you're so defiant. Exactly. Oh, yeah. It has yeah. a good story sass. behind oh, it. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to laugh with, with, with my daughter and, and her pictures. I think it's going to be, we're going to go down a similar, a similar path. That's awesome. So it might just be me and her in fisticuffs on Friday on that picture day. <laughs> oh, it is picture day again. What she's going to wear or, you know, I... 
I generally let her wear whatever she wants. Uh, but I try to at least do her hair so it looks <laughs> for picture day. Otherwise, it's either a tangled mess or in a ponytail and out of her face. So we'll see how it goes. But anyways, enough about pictures. Ooh, I would love to see i mean i don't know if people want to do this but like if they have hilariously bad <gasps> childhood oh my god marty has the best one. Oh, does he <gasps> and we never posted it on the plans are optional uh twitter and i have it though in my phone <gasps> okay I, I mean get permission first i and, will like if we're asking listeners to send them in don't send in somebody else's it needs to be yours because it's permission and stuff, but yeah. I will. I'll have to call my mom and see if she can send me my oh, pearl necklace ooh, I can picture. find the one of me that where I look awesome. like a boy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's terrible ones of me laying around Oh, uh, we could definitely do this. And oh, Marty's going to guest at some point, so you can see what Marty looked like when he had hair. Yeah. <laughs> Marty is our reluctant listener who doesn't He's like so true reluctant. crime. That's like even more supportive, though, because yeah, of He sent me the story. That I'm going to write a script that he will guest on. Oh, okay. So That's he's awesome. getting he's getting into it, Marty. Hi, Marty. <laughs> Hi, Marty. <laughs> well, even if you're not Marty, we would still love <laughs> to hear from you. So please reach out to us. We are on Twitter at True Trine, on Instagram at True Crime Trine, on Facebook at TCT Podcast. You can email us directly at truecrimetrine at gmail.com and check out our website, www.truecrimetrine.com. I don't have a quote. No quote. Nope. Didn't you have a spooky one from last week, Sarah? Oh. Um, not a spooky quote, but it's like a it's a Halloween poem for Ooh. Sammy. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. But should we save that for the Halloween one? That's what I was thinking. Oh, okay. All right. Well, here we go. Hell is empty, and all the devils are here. William Shakespeare, The Tempest. Booyah. Is there one about the boogeyman? Oh my God. Charles Darwin got dark here. Char- this is Charles Darwin. We stopped checking for monsters under our bed when we realized they were inside us. Oh. Jesus Christ. <laughs> he did Darwin. study, I guess, a lot, but damn, son. I might also still check for monsters under my bed, even though I know I have some. Inside? <laughs> I know, but they're my <laughs> monsters inside of me. I'll be fine. Anywho. So, <laughs> Anthony Hopkins, or Hannibal Lecter. Ooh, Yes. Is quoted as saying, We are fascinated by the darkness in ourselves. We are fascinated by the shadow. And we are fascinated by the boogeyman. Oh, even a boogeyman? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. we're doing a true crime podcast, so obviously all of that is true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, boom. That's a good one. <laughs> Music for our podcast was handcrafted by the talented and creative minds of Mike Warren and Pete Ortega. Our artwork was imagined and skillfully designed by the lovely Sarah Guest. As for production, well, they call me post-production. Show notes are available upon request. Just email truecrimetrine at gmail.com. Join us again next week for another tantalizing episode.